want to talk to you this morning about are you weeping or are you shouting? Amen. Are you weeping or are you shouting? And I want to show you some things in the scripture that are very powerful. Now, we had a great praise time and worship and we, we clapped our hands and we shouted unto God and, and there's a spirit behind that. And I want to continue to teach you as believers why we do what we do, why we shout, why we clap, why we sing or why we weep. Okay. And, and as we begin to look at this in Ezra chapter 3, I want to give you just a quick background of the book of Ezra. Not a, not a long one, but the, the priest here is bringing back worship and restoration to the temple. They're rebuilding the temple in the book of Ezra. And exiles are coming back home. And uh, I believe that this is going to be a year where people who have left the Lord are going to come back home. Can you say amen? People who've walked away and gotten cold and backslidden are going to come back home. And, and I would believe the Spirit would say, just in time Amen. for the dinner bell. Amen. That, that, that uh, we know that, th- that this is going to be a year of harvest. This is going to be a year, a year of, of miracles. It's going to be a year of reaping where we haven't sown. It's going to be a year of, of seeing that our, our, our tears and our, and our sowing of seeds is going to come to pass. And, you know, this, this testimony this morning is a perfect example of many times we don't realize what we're doing because we don't see what we're doing. And then somebody else in, in the public tells us, amen, that's God telling that police, that police officer didn't have to say that to him. But that's a, a fresh breath of fresh air for us as a church to know that maybe maybe the church world ain't noticing we're here, but the, the world is. Amen. The city knows that we're here. Amen. And they recognize that Jesus is the Lord of this city. Amen. And so we're, we're, we're excited to see that God wants us to do greater things this year. But this is going to be a real revelation for some people. And as they're worshiping and, and, and restoring the temple and rebuilding the temple and putting it back together, uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of things they're doing in the first few verses of chapter 3. But I want to, without taking the time to read that whole chapter, I want to pick up uh, around verse 10, if you would, uh, in the Bible. Ezra chapter 3, verse 10 And it says, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priest stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with cymbals to praise the Lord, according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And it says they sang responsively, watch this, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. So when we come together this morning to praise and give thanks to the Lord, we're following an ordinance all the way back from the book of Ezra. We're continuing to do the same thing they did back then. Amen. And so it says, For he is good and his mercy endures forever toward Israel. And then what, look what verse 11 says. Then all the people shouted with a great shout. When they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many, watch this, but many, how many know there's always going to be some party poopers? But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first temple. And that doesn't mean just age, but in this particular thing it does. But for us today, it's not just age, but maybe an old spirit. Old men who had seen the first temple wept. With a loud voice, when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes, yet many shouted aloud for joy. So we've got some people crying, and we've got some people shouting. 
We got some people weeping and we got some people shouting. We got some people who are sad and we got some people who are glad. You see both of this right here. And it says, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of the joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the sound was heard afar off. So I want to ask you this morning, you personally, are you shouting or are you weeping? Amen. I can't answer that for you and your spouse can't answer it for you. The person next to it can't answer it for you. But you can answer that for yourself. I want to show you something here. And don't think that this is just about praise and worship or clapping or shouting or any of those things. It's going to get deeper in a second. But I want to start off with that. That we understand again why we sing. Why we shout, why we clap, why we raise our hands, why we do what we do. We don't make this up. Amen. I'm just the kind of person that just likes to just do what God says. I'm not a rebel. I just like to say, he says, she says, shout, I'll shout. He says, clap, I say, clap, I clap. Amen. I just, I just, I just like to obey God. I think there's pretty good, pretty good thing to do. Amen. And so it, it's funny to me how. There is obviously different churches, and they say what they say is different strokes for different folks. Okay, everyone ever heard that before? But I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see in there that it says, if you don't like to clap, don't clap. If you like to be quiet, be quiet. If you don't like to raise your hands, don't raise your hands. If you don't like to sing, don't sing. I don't really see the if you don't like to anywhere in there. He says, do these things. I'm just kind of the person that says, man, if God wants me to sing, I'm going to sing. Wants me to shout, I'm going to shout. But what's funny to me is how I relate. I like to relate things from the world to the church and look at the differences. And it's funny how people can be, again, at a game, act a fool, act an absolute fool, paint their faces, stand on their feet for three hours. And go. I guarantee you today, listen, in, in, in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where the Dallas Cowboys are going to play, it is going to be 20 degrees max. And there's going to be people sitting there in that thing like a fool, dressed in crazy clothes. Some people aren't going to have their shirts on. Some guys are going to be in there with no shirts on. But it's so strange and so weird that we would get up this morning. We are crazy people. We got up this morning in this crazy cold weather and came to church. What in the world is wrong with us? We must be sick. There must be something wrong with our heads. Are y'all following me? I mean, people do some crazy things. And, and, and let's, okay, that's sports. Some of y'all say, ah, sports. Okay. I know some of y'all used to hit up the bars. I know some of y'all used to go to the clubs. I know a lot of you used to come to this one. This one right here. This very place. And I'm not going to ask you how you used to act in, when you were in the club and when you were doing things for the devil. But now we're saved and sanctified and I got to be all different now and I got to be all quiet now and I got to be all, you know, wh- but why? Why should we change? Amen. Why shouldn't we be excited? Now, if it's not your nature to get excited, that's fine. That's, that's okay. I'm not, I'm not asking us to come in here and shout so loud that people leave and need earplugs in their heads and get a headache and get annoyed. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying let's just do what the Bible says. And there's a spirit here. In our lives, not just in the church service, but in our lives where God is saying, are you weeping or are you shouting? Are you happy or are you sad? Are you, are you uh, looking at the past or are you looking to the future? Amen. That's really what God wants to ask this morning. Uh, not getting into it, but write these down real quick. Not Psalms 95, 98, and 100. There's three short Psalms just right there in the Bible uh, where it talks about um, shouting. 
unto God. And it's just three that I chose that you can look at later with time. But many, many times, there are probably about ten times in three different chapters it says to shout unto the Lord. And there's something about uh, shouting, and like I said, not in an annoying way. I'm not trying to be annoying. But there's something about shouting unto God. And how many know that when we uh, come to that place a few minutes ago where we were clapping and the drums were hitting and the musicians were playing and we were praising the Lord that man a crescendo of glory was going up to God amen and he he the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people amen now there's you can you can meditate you can sit there and you know think about God all you want but he didn't say the the meditation of the saints he inhabits he inhabits the praises of his people and so this whole thing here is just showing a, a principle. Sometimes we say, man, you really think I got to shout? Do I really got to clap? No, you don't have to do anything. You get to. You don't have to do anything. No one's sticking a gun to your head. But I'll teach you this morning that you're missing out on a great principle of the Bible when you get excited about the things of God. Amen? Write this down and get this if you don't get anything else. This is what the book of Ezra shows us. God's faithfulness will always triumph over man's unfaithfulness. Okay? God's faithfulness will always triumph over man's unfaithfulness. Ours and anybody else's. So what we do as believers, many of you in here this morning have seen God do something great in your lives. You've seen God move. You've seen miracles. You've seen signs and wonders. You've seen amazing things. Watch this. But you are trying to live in yesterday's glory. The good old days. I grew up with that. I grew up with the, everybody telling me about the good old days. And I've been mad in my spirit, not in a bad way, for 20 years. Not wanting to hear about the good old days, but to see the good old today. How many are ready to see something happen today? I don't want to just hear about what happened in the revival of the early 1900s. I want to see a revival. And it's great to talk about all the great things that happened. But when I hear what Dylan said from the police officer, that excites me because that sounds like today revival. Amen. That sounds like somebody's noticing. And I don't care if the church world notices. I want lost people to notice that this is a place they can come and get saved. This is a place they can come in and be accepted and let God change their lives. Amen. So in your walk with God this morning, are you weeping or are you shouting? Listen, yesterday's glory was great. I'm thankful for all the things I've personally seen God do in my life in 22 years of ministry. I'm thankful for it. I'm happy for it. It's great and it's wonderful, but I'm not going to stay worshiping there. I'm not worshiping there. I'm worshiping for today. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not excited this morning and praising God this morning for the visitation we had last Sunday. I'm excited and worshiping and waiting for God to visit me today. Don't live yesterday's. Live today. Amen. And you might say, so, so either way, if you had really great stuff and you're looking for something new, or if you've never had a touch of God and you need one, today's the day. Today is the day. Amen. So uh, I want to look at a few four more verses, so I'll just read them out to you. In just a second, but I, I kind of got ahead of myself on on uh, where, where I went. It, it's interesting me to, to interesting to me how people can be so over exuberant in their worship today. When I mean over exuberant, I don't mean doing cartwheels. And I don't mean gump, jumping on the fan and hanging. We know there's order to things, okay? But I mean excited about praise and worship. 
excited about God. Amen. Sometimes as a pastor, I wish I could just take the chair out from in front of you. So you wouldn't have nothing to lean on. Amen. Come on. Can I just get in your in your in your. No, never mind. I'll, I'll move on. Feeling all kinds of resistance on that. And then people would say they're so immature. Oh, mature people don't do that. That's the exact opposite. A mature person learns how to praise and worship God. And notice that there's a foundation being built when I worship and I praise God. Amen. But see, you don't just praise and worship God here in church. You do it in the car. You do it at the house. You do it at the workplace. You do it everywhere you go. Amen. And so the Bible says that we are supposed to. The Bible says, I think, I think I've read out of the Bible so far, right? I am reading out of the Bible. Okay, just making sure. The Bible says these, that we should do these things. Amen. This isn't the gospel according to me or the Victory World Outreach or some denomination. The Bible says we should do these things. And so I think that we should follow the instructions of what the Bible says. Amen? Amen? And just do what the Bible says. There's actually denominations today, you might know the name, I don't need to name it, that don't even believe in having instruments. Right. Where's that in the Bible? Right. Amen? Where do people get this stuff from? I just like to just do what the Bible says. Amen. Psalms 47 one says, oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. And you hear me quote this a lot at prayer time and shout to God with the voice of joy and triumph. Amen. Psalms one thirty four two: lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. First Chronicles 16, nine, sing to him, sing praises to him and speak of all his wonders. And I know why some of y'all don't sing because you think you can't sing good. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I know some of you, some of you do just the mouth moving thing because, you know, you don't want no one around you to hear you. And listen, some of y'all need to do the mouth moving thing. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm one of them. Amen. No, but the Bible says to make a joyful what? Noise, Noise unto the Lord. So if you can't sing, you're in good company. Amen. And that's why we sing all together. And those that can have, have a little better affination of the voice, we let them sing a little solo. Amen. But otherwise, we just sing all together and no one ever really notices. So let me ask you a question. Let me, can I hit this real hard and then move on? Okay, I'm not going to stay here the whole message, I promise. There's more to it. When we worship the Lord, ask yourself this question. Do you clap your hands? Do you shout to God? Do you lift up your hands? Do you sing to Jesus? And listen, here's my question. If not, why? Why not? Why don't you? That's, I just, you ask yourself that. Why don't I do those things if the Bible tells me to? Some people say, well, I don't want to look foolish. I might look like a geek. I might look nerdy. I might look weird. I might, I might, people might think I've got issues or anything like that. But I'm telling you that we just need to be obeyed. Listen, here's the funny thing. If we would all be praising and worshiping, no one would look funny. Amen. Amen. Let, me, let me just throw this out there. If we're in a church and everybody's clapping and you're not, you're the one who looks funny by not clapping. Amen. If everybody's shouting and you don't shout, you're left out. If everybody's singing, you're not singing. Amen. If everybody's smiling, you look like you're baptizing lemon juice. Then you, you stand out. Amen. Now, I know that nobody out there is looking at you, but these poor praise and worship singers, boy. Man, God, give them grace. Got to look out at you guys sometimes. Amen. That's why we close our eyes. I try to keep my eyes closed as much as I can during the service. Amen. Sing for joy, Psalms 33.1, for the Lord, O you righteous ones, praise. Now, let me finish with this. How many like to look good? Be honest. If you're not raising your hand, you're lying. You, who wants to look bad? Did, okay, who, did not, who got up this morning and did not look in the mirror? Okay, there you go. <laughs> Everybody looking around to see. I'm not going to ask you how long you spent in front of the mirror. 
Amen. But everybody looked at the mirror, right? At least for a second. Right? Just to make sure nothing's in your teeth at least. Something. You might not have spent a lot of time. You know, I ain't got a lot of, a lot of hair. Don't take me long. I can get ready fast. But I still got to look in the mirror. Okay? So everybody does that for a reason. You don't, maybe you don't care as much as others, as a, but you care. You don't want to look bad. Everybody wants to look good. Right? And I think we should look good when we come to church. I think we should dress our best. I think, and, that and that doesn't mean you can't come into this place with shorts on. Come however you want. We don't look it down at anybody. But I just have, a, I, since I was seven years old, I believe that I, should, that, I, that, that I should dress up for God. Since I was seven. I got a little nephew who's like my little mini me. He wears ties. He's seven years old. He just likes to wear ties. If you don't like to wear ties, that's fine. No one's going to make you. Except if you're in leadership. Amen. <laughs> but it's just something like we go to weddings. We go to all these different things. We dress up. So we, 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 we expect to, to look our best. But watch this. I want to give you a verse that's going to make you happy. Praise is becoming to the upright, meaning praise makes you look good. I'm going to show you that in the Bible. Say you want to look good. The Hebrew meaning of this literally says to make you look beautiful. When you praise, you look beautiful to God. Okay. And so I would encourage you this morning as I move on to the next part to become in as best you can, let me just put it that way, as best you can, a demonstrative worshiper of the Lord. Not for other people, but because God says. Okay? Because God says. Clapping hands, shouting God, lifting your hands, singing to him are all actions that are biblically exhorted to practice. Okay? Now let me move on from there to, to, the, to the meat of the message. Amen? We saw there in Ezra chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Old men's sadness. How many saw that with me? Everybody was shouting and they were excited and they were happy of the new temple and everything. But these old men were not happy because they saw with their eyes something different. Something new. They saw a temple that was not the same one that they saw when they're with their own eyes. They had been around for a while. Amen. And so in the midst of this, I said it before, there's some party poopers in the crowd who begin to cry while everybody else is excited and happy. These were older folks, watch this, that were, they weren't trying to be a wet blanket. They weren't trying to be mean. They weren't trying to be negative. But they were upset because they had seen Solomon's temple in all of its beauty. And you try to compare, I mean, think in your mind the comparison of Solomon's temple to anything. Okay. And so for, for many decades and generations, we've had uh, a false sense of God is going to be here because our church is beautiful. And you got churches around the world. There's a church, for instance, called the Crystal Cathedral in California. It cost millions and millions and millions of dollars. And that Crystal Cathedral, although it's a beautiful place, doesn't impress God any more than this building right here. Because it's not about the building. It's not about the columns. It's not about the colors. It's about the presence of God. Amen. And if you get caught up, amen, in anything but the true presence of God, then something's wrong. That goes into our songs. Listen, every one of us has a favorite song. Every one of us has songs that we love. And other songs, we go, ah, I don't like that one so much. It doesn't matter what the song is. 
It doesn't matter if you don't like any of the songs. You should be able to praise and worship God because your heart is right. And your attitude is that of a shouter and not of a weeper. Amen? You can make anything good. A, a weeper is somebody who's always going to find the negative in everything. You know what a weeper is? A weeper says, the sun's shining too bright. Right? The sun's shining too bright. But a praiser and a shouter and somebody with the right attitude can have no sun at all and walk out and say, it's a beautiful day. There's an attitude behind that. Amen? And so you need to ask yourself these questions. Now let's move real quick to the book of Haggai, if you'd go there with me. I know I got you some small books this morning. This is the minor, this is the minor prophet, Haggai. And I want, to, I want to show you something really powerful. How many would like a word for you this morning? For today on January 11th, 2015. A word for us in Haggai chapter 2. There's no doubt 2014 is in the books. There'll never be another 2014. And this is the only 2015 we've got. And so we, un- we understand that God has times and seasons, but he can change a season or a time at any moment. God can come down and change everything in a split second. God can turn a situation around in a split second. Amen. God can, God can do miraculous things when we turn our hearts to Jesus. Miraculous things. And so we see in Haggai chapter 2, I know this is going to be a little bit of reading, but will you all read with me? Okay, verse 1, Haggai chapter 2, verse 1. On the 21st of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shaltiel, governor of Judah, and to Yehoshua, the son of Ye... I know there's a bunch of words here that are, that are difficult to pronounce. Yehoshadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Listen, to the remnant of the people. How many are remnant here this morning? If you don't know you're a remnant, you are. Amen? You're a, whole, you're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people set apart to God. It says, who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory. And how do you see it now? Here's the question. Look at me for one second. How do you see things today? Do you ask, see how God's asking you how you see things? He says, how do you see the situation? It's a personal answer. And he says, does it not seem to you like nothing in comparison? But now take courage. Zerubbabel declares the Lord, take courage also, Yehushua, son of that other one, the high priest. And all you people of the land, take courage. Look at the person next to you this morning and say, take courage. courage. Say, be encouraged, if that sounds better. Say, be happy. Say, please smile. All right. Amen. Take courage, he says, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you. That's enough to make anybody excited right there. I'm with you, says the Lord of hosts. I'm going to pause there for a second. If God be for me, who can be against me? If God be for me, who can be? Listen, I don't have to hear anything else from God, but that I'm with you. That's all I got to hear. God, please, just let me know. What did David say in Psalms? He says, don't take your spirit from me, please. He says, please, do do what you want, but do not take your 
spirit from me, please. Just, just don't leave me, Lord. Listen, I can face anything and you can face anything. We can go through any trial, any tribulation, any problem in this world if we know God is with us. Amen. We can go down. We can go through the gates of hell. We can face the devil right face to face if we know God is with us. And I want to tell you this morning that God is with us. He's with this church. He's with you. He's with your family. He's with your situation. He's behind you. All he's asking you to do is what? Trust and put some work in. He says work. I don't know if anybody, I hope you didn't pass over that. Amen. Work. For I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. Watch this. As for the promise which I made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. For thus is the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. Listen, this, you, I got, I'm, I'm taking this slow because I need you to get this. I need you to see where we're at right now. Maybe last week or the week before, I don't remember when it was, Pastor Andrews, my father, gave me a word and our church a word. Y'all saw that. And I know it was of God. He's, I don't think he's ever done that before to me. And I know it was God. I felt it when he said it. And I feel like this right here is, is tying into this, that this is the season, that this is the year, that this is the moment. Amen. It's time to see the work that we've put in. It's time to see the blood, sweat, and tears. It's time to see the weeping and the, and the, and the sowing come and bring forth something that only God can get glory for. Amen. Now you are either going to be with it and be a part of it, or you're going to get kicked off the train and be left behind. Amen. But you choose. How do you see it? Amen. Do you want to see a move of God? I know I do, and I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. And nothing's going to stop me from seeing it. Amen. I know that I know that I know that time is short. I know that we are in the season of Joel chapter 2. Oh, people have been saying that forever. Listen, every day that passes by, we are closer to the return of Jesus Christ. And every day that passes by, you need to become less in love with this world and more in love with God and more in love with souls and more in love with reaching the lost and more in love with doing what God wants you to do. So when that trumpet blows, hallelujah, you are gone, amen, and you are going up with Jesus and you are not left behind for what's going to be after. Afterwards, catch this. My spirit is abiding in your midst. What verse is that? We just read. Don't fear. Can somebody tell me? Because I don't have the verses in mind. For thus says the Lord once more. How many times? Once more. There's going to be one more mighty move of God before Jesus comes back. Listen, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea also, and the dry land. Follow me, and I will shake the nations. And they will come with the wealth of all the nations. Watch this. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former. Meaning what is to come is going to be better than what has already passed. What is around the corner is going to be better than anything. Come on, somebody shout with me. Amen. Somebody get excited about the word of God this morning. Are you shouting or are you weeping? 
That's the question only you can answer this morning. But notice, very importantly, in these verses we just read, he said the glory, not the building. The glory, not the building. I understand there's places of strategic, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of the word, ubicación. Placing, I guess. Uh, location, thank you. Uh, there's, there's a, there's a, there is location, you know, real estate. Location, location, location. And, and if God wants us to be here, or if he wants us to be on Elm, or if he wants us to be somewhere else, it doesn't really matter. The glory is, not, is what we're looking for, not the building. God's going to bring his glory whether, no matter where we're at. Amen. So we just trust the Lord, and we say, God, our focus is on you and the glory. That's what we want to see. Watch this. God was telling them not to stress out about the humble appearance that this temple had compared to Solomon's temple. Because, see, we're, we're people of appearance. And sometimes things don't look like, and see, today in this world we live in, in this church world especially, there's a lot of churches and sometimes you might think, as you're sitting there, just follow me for a second, you might think, man, why, why do you talk about churches so much? I'm, I'm not being judgmental. I'm trying to make sure you understand that there is a whole lot of fluff going on today. There's a whole lot of shine going on today. But remember that not everything that shines is real. Many times what doesn't look to be real, that what doesn't look to have it all together is the real deal. And we're not focusing this morning on, on the building. We're not focusing on anything else but doing what God said to do and being in the right place at the right time. And that's why these men were weeping. They thought that the glory of God was connected to the temple. They thought, man, this, man, this just ain't, this just ain't it. How many people do you think have walked into this building and looked around and said, eh, this ain't, God ain't moving here. This ain't it. How many? A bunch, I'm sure. Because they're looking. Man, that, that pastor's pretty ugly. He, he's, he don't have much hair in the back of his head. Man, that, that praise team, they're not that great. Man, people are, whatever, whatever they're saying. They're not, they're not looking for the glory. They're not looking for the presence. That's church people. But cops can drive around. And say, I get excited when I drive down Fort Worth Drive when I see VWO. What? Cops can do that. Sinners can notice. But the church is looking for something else. The church is looking for multitudes. The church is looking for programs. The church is looking for lights. The church is looking for all these different things. And God says, I don't move in those things. I don't need a building. I don't, and I'm not saying we don't need a church building. You get what I'm saying. I don't need that thing. I need people who are shouting, people who are expecting, people who are believing, people who are looking, people who are waiting on the presence of God, who have died to themselves and said, God, I want to see revival or I die. He encouraged them that all this, although this temple and these scriptures did not look like much, he was in their midst. And I believe that this book of, of Haggai this morning is speaking to Victory World Outreach right now. Don't worry about anything else. Just know I'm in your midst. Don't, know, don't worry about anything. No, I, have, I have, over the years, labored, been sad, been upset, not slept, been bothered, uh, all, all, all kinds of things over buildings, 
over places, over things. And I can tell you this morning, right now, I've been telling Brenda on the phone. I've been telling my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. I've been telling my wife. I have perfect peace. I'm not worried about this. I'm not worried about the building we're in. I'm not worried about the building that's available. I'm not, all, all I care about is doing what God wants us to do, and he will open up the doors for whatever is supposed to happen. And we can have that peace. I'm not looking at the things. I'm just looking at God. Making sure I love my wife, making sure I love my daughters, making sure my house is in order, making sure I have a prayer life, making sure I'm giving my money to the Lord, making sure I'm just doing the things that God's told me to do. Making sure that I'm remembering that there's some things, some principles that God has set up and says, if you'll just do these things, I'll be in the midst. Right. Amen. Let me read another verse. You don't have to go there for time because you might have a hard time finding it. Zechariah chapter 4, 8 to 10. Also, the word of the Lord came saying to me. Now, do you realize when the word of the Lord comes to them, the word of the Lord comes to us too? The hands of Zerubbabel have laid foundation on this house and it says, his hands will finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has, watch this, who has despised the day of small things? Who has despised the day of small things? You might be looking at your marriage. You might be looking at your ministry. You might be looking at things you've done. You might be looking at things you have. And you might say, this is so small. What can God do with this? What can God do with this? Listen, how many are still flesh here? I'm, I still live in a fleshly body. So when I say these things, it means I'm fighting through things in the spirit. The other day we went to eat. I'm just going to be honest with you. We went to eat uh, at a restaurant, me and my, my wife and my brother and sister-in-law. And, and I didn't say nothing to nobody. How many know you can, you, can, you can work out these things yourself? You don't always have to tell everybody what's going on. I walked out of this restaurant and looked across the street at this big, humongous church. Beautiful building. They just rebuilt it. Beautiful building. And for a split second, my heart sunk. For me, for me as a pastor, thinking, why can't I have a building like that? Right. Just fleshly, carnal, saying, man, what am I doing wrong? How come I can't have a building like that? That beautiful building with the beautiful letters lit up. What am I doing wrong? That's flesh. But I quickly remind myself, that don't matter. I'm not them and they're not me. I'm doing what God wants me to do. That's all I can do. Don't look at somebody else's marriage. Don't look at somebody else's job or career or finances or anything. Say, what am I doing wrong? Don't do that. That's the lie of the devil. That's deception. That's not your marriage. That's your, not your job. God's got you where he wants you. God's got you in the marriage he wants you in. God's got you with the person he wants you. If you doubt that, you need to hit your knees. Amen. You need to understand that God's got you where you're supposed to be and he can make the glory fall wherever you are. In whatever situation you're in. In whatever thing you're facing. It's not about the place. It's about the God we serve. Amen. For the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro throughout the earth. Let me finish with this. In the kingdom of God there are seasons. How many have recognized that? How many have been saved long enough to recognize seasons? Seasons of more than enough? Seasons of not enough? Seasons of abundance? Even seasons of lack? Seasons where the presence of God is so thick you can cut it with a knife? Seasons where you feel like God's not even on the earth? There's seasons. And sometimes we will think that we are lacking a lot of things. 
Sometimes we'll think we're, we don't have it all together. But let me fi- finish with this final verse in Philippians 4, chapter 11, 13. I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. And I know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Amen. So the question this morning is, are you someone who loudly praises God for the things you have? Or are you a groaner and a mumbler and a complainer over the things you don't have? I don't know. Only you can answer that question. Amen. Musicians, as you come this morning, I want to ask you one more time. Are you a weeper or are you a shouter? Because you can be a shouter in weeping conditions. Amen. It's easy to shout when everything's good. But God really gets the glory when it's weeping conditions and you're shouting. Amen. Amen. In everything, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks. In what things? In everything. 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 Give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus.